0: The new City Edition uniforms look pretty cool. Scott, what are your thoughts? Well, Neil,
1: I'd be happy to share. But first... Remix.
0: Uh. Welcome to episode 168 of Wolf's Cast, the show that's celebrating the end of Alex Rodriguez tweeting about the World Series. Is hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. The World Series is over. Scott, did, did the did the best team win? Uh, well, that's
1: a loaded question, Neil. It's uh, we'll say yes. It's the team that I was slightly cheering for. It's a complicated year because on one side, the American League, you have the Astros who are cheaters in 2017, kind of got away without any repercussions, so they're kind of like the villains of the sport uh. recently, and they've been. The World Series three times in the past five years, so it's like I don't really, you know, want to see these guys anymore on the national stage. But their manager, 72 year old Dusty Baker, has never won a World Series despite being a lifer, so there's that kind of angle going for it. And then on the flip side, you have the Atlanta Braves who have a lot of cool players. I like a lot of players on their team, including former twin Eddie Rosario, he won the uh. AL or NLCS championship series MVP. He's been so good for the Braves, which is fun to see him. So the Braves have lots of fun players, but they also have like terrible fans cuz they do the whole Tomahawk chant uh, uh, Tomahawk chant thing where they do their arms and they do the racist like chanting. So, um, you know, Atlanta had the team I wanted to win, uh, but the Houston has better fans. But I was happy Atlanta won because you know my good buddy Josh from college. He's a diehard Atlanta Braves fan, and also my friend Zach from college. Yeah, so, you mentioned so it last week
0: on the podcast right here. Josh sent you a message. Um,
1: oh yeah, he spoiled he spoiled the Bucks game for me. So but, yeah, I, I was happy for them because they've waited a long time. It's always what about, good to see your friends when
0: championships. About, what about A Rod? As you know, a broadcaster. How do you, as a baseball fan, how do you feel about about him and his, uh, you know, post game, pre game, whatever he's doing on there? Where where does he stack up, and sort of what's like the consensus on like how good he is or whatever? And, And maybe would you compare him to like an NBA national broadcaster?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I, the thing is, you don't want him calling the game. You don't want him to be in the studio doing color commentary or anything because he goes on tangents and doesn't really talk about the game at all. But he, in terms of post game show, he's a good personality at the desk. You know, I think that, you know, it's hit and miss when you have former players. But he seems to have, which is kind of surprising, he seems to have a really good kind of chummy relationship with David Ortiz, which is funny because Yankee, Red Sox, they hated each other while they played. But very good friends now. I think A-Rod is really the star. He's the kind of Charles Barkley, Shaq kind of like, you know, he talks to players on their level and is, and is very chummy and gets players to like come out of their shell because he's so friendly. But A-Rod is, uh, you know, he's very professional. He's kind of like the Kenny, the Jet, you know, Smith got the it. Show, yeah. where yeah he you know he's he's not like the main star but he keeps it professional he has fun he keeps the laughs rolling you know he can play into play off of uh, rather poppy's energy and he's a lot younger than frank thomas so he's still like a little bit more relevant with these guys so i think he does a great job on the post game show i'm surprised that you follow him i didn't realize that i haven't been in the wolves cast twitter feed a lot but i was just like how does Neil see an A-Rod tweets? I can't imagine following him. But, yeah. uh, you know, that's that's smart now. I guess we have to follow him because he has, you know, he posts videos of him shooting, you know, in the gym or, you know, hanging out with Wolves players smoking cigars. So I guess to get a full, you know, perspective on this team, you do have to follow A-Rod now, which is something I never thought I would do in my entire life.
0: Yeah, or uh, cast Twitter is is following uh, Yeah, Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie, of course, and anybody else I can find who's like sort of... Related to the team, but uh, yeah, it was just you know during the World Series, just so many tweets filling up the filling up the basketball timeline with uh, you know talking about pitch location and stuff, and it's like all right, all right. So yeah, we're we're happy that's over. But Scott, as a baseball fan, I'm glad uh, you know I'm, I hope it was an exciting series and uh, hopefully it was uh, enjoyable to watch, even though the Twins weren't in it. But yeah, you're tuned to Wolf's Cast, everybody. Don't worry, this you, you you do have the right podcast. You did hit play. On the right show, this is not somehow uh, you know a baseball show. Um, you know, typically we get into the baseball stuff. You know, at the end of the Timberwolves season, right when the right when the Twins are starting to go, so you can That's expect right. more baseball content when the when the spring starts to bloom.
1: Well, now you got my full undivided attention on basketball, everybody. I went from, you know, (laughs) I have some background noise when I'm doing work during the day. It used to always be on the MLB network. And this past week now, it's been on NBA TV all day because, you know, now I don't have any baseball to distract me. So you've got my full attention on the best sport in the world. That's basketball.
0: Perfect. Well, uh, today on the show, uh, we're going to talk about those new, uh, you know, city remix uniforms uh, that are uh, just around the corner here for the Timberwolves. Uh, D'Angelo Russell got injured. We got to talk about that. We talk about some uh, three-point shooting, um, and then it's a it's it's a perfect day for mailbag. We got to reach into the mailbag for the first time this season, and then we'll have weekly wolfies in the game, y'all. That's what we're doing. But uh, first, we got to start off with the week recap. Scott, the Wolves are three and four um, right now, and uh, they're the ninth best defensive team, the twenty-third best offensive team, and that leaves them with a net rating of twentieth in the NBA. And uh, sorry to say, Scott, three losses this week. It was a it was a winless week. We were riding high last week after the the big Milwaukee win, and well, that's that's the
1: last win they got. Give me a sad sound drop. Go. Oh! But yeah, it's been uh, the the tough week, it, like you said, winless. Winless—the exact opposite of the past two weeks. Where you know I was drinking champagne last week to and celebrate when you can, and I was a little bit prescient because, you know, I think that if you were to tell us, we would lose two of these games against Denver and the Clippers, we'd be like, okay, that stinks, but I can see the path to that happening. It's a loss against Orlando, though. Man, that one ruined my night, Neil. Like, first time in a long time, I'm like, you know what? I don't have a lot of work to do tonight. Let me just go ahead and watch live, which, one, is a much, much shorter experience, because when I watch on replay, I pause it a lot, I rewind, you know, watch plays over again. If I'm replaying it at my leisure, the game may stretch out to, like, three hours, Whereas when you're watching live, it's like, man, I can't even find time to tweet because everything's moving so fast and I can't pause because then I won't be live and I won't be you know, caught up on Twitter. So... Very different experience, but also a bad experience because it was such a bad ending to that game that the rest of my night was just ruined. I was despondent. I was just like, it really, really put me in a bad attitude for the rest of the night. So I was like, man, at least when I'm watching on replay, you know, I, I have a drink or something. I'm a little more relaxed. I'm in a good mindset. But man, when you're watching live, that's tough.
0: Yeah, so Wolves lose to Denver on Saturday, Orlando on Monday and uh lost the first of two um against uh the Clippers on Wednesday. We're recording this on uh Thursday, so they'll get another shot at uh at uh, LA coming up here on Friday and uh hopefully they can uh end this losing skid. But yeah, that uh uh, first of all, I appreciate you live tweeting. I know uh, you know it's uh, somewhat of a superstitious uh, situation for you there, and uh, you might be wary about returning to it since it was such a sad affair. But you know, uh, I feel like uh, I'd like you to stick it out. If uh, if you if, if you're ever curious again to to watch live, you know, I know it's it's a lot tougher for you, but uh, that was great to have you uh, live tweeting. I was at the game that night solo. And, um, you know, still had a good time despite the bummer of a fourth quarter. I mean, a lot of these games, it really has been kind of coming down to the end of the game where, you know, uh, they just kind of seem to run out of gas. Like the first half is usually pretty good, but then they kind of lose it in the end. You know Carl's talked about conditioning and stuff like that, uh, you know, in subsequent to uh, press conferences and stuff like that. So, so maybe there's some something to that, but at the same time, they're famously running 11 guys, 10 guys in this, uh, you know, in this, uh, uh, you know, lineup, but, but um, you know, so you'd think they would be more rested there, but uh, yeah, yeah, just a really tough week uh, you know the wolves you know we'll talk about it later but their shooting woes continue and then you know teams have been shooting really poorly against the wolves but that kind of came back around here especially in that Orlando and LA Clippers game where those those teams got really hot and um, you know especially at the end of the games there so uh that those are some of the reasons why you know the wolves find themselves uh you know losers of the last 3 games they've played
1: yeah which is you know i mean it's such a bummer too because you just saw, like, yeah, an unreasonably hot shooting from the Clippers. Like, I don't even feel bad about the Clippers game. Like, yeah, I, I expected us to win that going into it just because, well, I guess I didn't really expect anything after that turd that the Wolves laid on Monday. But with the Clippers, I still felt like at the end of the game, I wasn't mad. I was like, man, we played really well against them. They were just, yeah. like, unreasonably hot, you know, whereas on on the Orlando I guess I should feel the same way because Cole Anthony was like the human torch out there but <laughs> it just felt like especially when he's going off in the fourth it's like can anyone stop this guy at least you know with the Clippers it was the whole team going off and so it didn't feel like you were just you know getting shut down by the same guy over and over again but the Orlando one hurt but like even Denver like I felt like we played a really good game against Denver and we should have won that if if the shooting was just going in, but in Denver it was layups we, we bricked like seven or eight open layups at the rim mm-hmm. if any them go in, we would have won that game. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where you wish you could have that because it's against a divisional rival. And I will say, I like those white Denver shorts they were wearing. And just like the little, they're all white and they have just the little mountain logo on the side. Oh, yeah. It's really clean. I, I like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's a tough week. And, you know, maybe in a week or two, we'll have a little bit more perspective. And we'll be like, oh, yeah, there's blips like that in the season. But it definitely felt like the world was ending after Monday. <laughs> Yeah, and I think like
0: I mean it is it is fair because you know Orlando has so many so many kind of scrub players so many young players and so you don't really expect to lose to a team like that if you know you, you will uh, envision themselves as a step above that but um but yeah it's certainly it's just yeah it kind of just it's one of those things too i we won't really remember this <laughs> it obviously obviously it's more intense in the moment and everything but um you know unless this turns into you know a seven game losing streak or something like that which it very easily could um you know yeah, carl th-
1: had a comment about that so yeah like, we've seen how three can become 20 real quick around Mm -hmm.
0: here Mm -hmm. so I don't know I I, you know I think you know I I, I think sometimes fans and you know ourselves included can get caught up in like yeah like the names on the jerseys and like oh this team is you know they're going to be a tanking team and all this stuff like they they should they shouldn't you should never get beat by these teams but hey they got hungry players too they got guys who are going to let it fly they got guys who are working for a contractor just to make it in the league so um you know it's a cliche but you can't underrate any really you know when you're going up against them here in the NBA so I think you get kind of got to keep that in mind even though we kind of have a hierarchy of like who it's okay to lose to and who it's not it's um, you know I I think to have a little more perspective and take a step back it's like yep there's 82 of these but uh, yeah in the moment it certainly stings to lose to the to the lowly magic who are like one in seven coming into that game that's never fun to do that
1: yeah and it's just like it's something that I've thought about over the years with the Wolves is that no team in the league is afraid of the Wolves. For every team in the league, you see the Wolves on your schedule, and you're like, finally, that's our that's our easy win game on the schedule. So even Orlando comes into the target center and is like, ah, this is the game that we're supposed to win. And so the way we feel about Orlando is the way how every team feels about us, and it'll just take a while for us to fix that reputation, you know?
0: Absolutely. Well, let's get into full-court press. And uh, before we talk more about um, how the Wolves play on the court, We're going to talk a little bit about how they look on the court.
1: Here's the tip.
0: Okay, we are here in Full Court Press. And uh, well, it's that time of the year. It is time to talk about the 2021 2022 City Edition jerseys. And uh, Scott, for the first time uh, since the City Edition jerseys um, have been a part of our lives, I believe this is the fourth year. I think uh, for this program Um, there's, there's a theme this year. There's a whole league wide theme and um, it's, it's the idea of a remix uniform or remix Jersey where every team is pulling uh, elements from different eras of their Jersey uniform history and uh, kind of mashing it up into one uniform. Um, Every team has one of these this year and you know, uh, even if you don't enjoy, I think you know it's obviously. I, I don't know. I guess it's uh, also a nod to the NBA seventy fifth anniversary. I think that's kind of why you're doing the remix this year. Um, but yeah, there's uh, the, every team has one, and you know, even if you know, you, obviously there's going to be hits, there's going to be misses, there's going to be some in the middle. But I think it's kind of cool just as a as a as a um, sort of you know zoom out kind of look at this to you know again it's just fun that they're doing these city of jerseys every year. But now on top of that, there's this other layer of like a theme or a kind of assignment for this so um i really like that as just like again to kind of keep these going to have some sort of vision for these every year if you're going to do it every year i think it's fun that you can uh you know mix it up like this remix it up like this and um i just think the overall um kind of concept is is, is a really cool idea <laughs>
1: Yeah, except like the Utah Jazz were like, oh, we could draw from any era in history. Let's just run back to sunset jerseys we've been running for <laughs> you know, the last three seasons. So yes. some teams were a little bit more creative with the prompt than others, you know?
0: Yeah. So the Wolves, um, you know, I think, you know, so there's, there's basically uh, kind of three different um, elements, uh, you know, or three different eras, I guess um, for these yeah, why don't, why don't you jerseys. just give
1: a general description for fans who haven't seen these yet?
0: Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, they, 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 I guess they're all just called the remix jerseys. Um, but you know, so I think the main thing that people like is, or the main thing that the first thing that hits you is the bright blue color. Like, it is, um, you know, it's a color from it takes that color from that 1989, um, you know, the inaugural season, the first few seasons where the Wolves, um, you know, had had a had a blue base color uniform. Um, and, and so the so fans were really like that. So, so they got that back in there. And then I think they're kind of nodding to the mid 90s, late 90s uh, KG years, obviously, with the with the, you know, the tree trim going around Uh, we saw that two years ago when they just straight up brought back the black um, uh, you know Christmas tree or you know KG era tree jerseys so you get the trim from those and then the sort of chest uh, you know it just says wolves with the numbering they're saying that is sort of like the 2010s kind of era maybe like the Kevin Love kind of forming into Carl Anthony Towns like kind of era is, is that what you get too from like the the name and the number yes, in there yeah
1: absolutely that is that is from the Kevin Love era but it's a little confusing because
0: that wolves on their chest which you see in these new remix jerseys is a play off of the Christmas tree jerseys where it used to say Timberwolves right in the front like it has that jagged kind of 90s thing but instead of saying full on Timberwolves it just says wolves yeah I love wolves um, so right, it's kind of that, interesting that, it was already sort font. of a throwback yeah
1: that is the font from the kevin love jerseys, though. Yes, you know, so yes there you go and then finally <laughs> to up.
0: to cap it all off you have um you have an element from uh you know what is considered the you know i think by most fans like the worst city edition jersey the gray um wolf i forget what they call it uh, wolf gray jerseys or whatever where they have Sort of the, um, you know, it's just some darker elements, some darker shading. I guess it's kind of like uh, diagonal lines or something like that, like all along, like what we typically would call like the piping of the jersey, like along the sides or whatever. So I believe that, yeah, kind of it's ties. It's supposed back to represent to like
1: how a wolf will have dark fur on its back and then lighter fur on Ooh, its belly, you know, Yeah. From scratches. And And one uh, more, um, yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah. So it's supposed to look like a wolf fur, kind of on the sides, like Uh the wolf fur transitioning from the outer fur to like the inner fur, which is lighter. You know.
0: Yeah, I think the uh, with the jerseys and the shorts, like maybe the back is a little bit darker because, yeah, then these lines like transitioning to the front. And then maybe it's right. a little bit lighter on the front. And that's so. the
1: one thing I want to see in person is that there, I've mm-hmm. looked at a lot of photos of these and there's like none that are just of the back. You know, I've got yep. like a photo of Nas where he's standing sideways. That's so true. You can kind of see the back, but like I just want to see point. the back because I, I want to see what it looks like with the dark blue, you know, instead of the light blue.
0: Yeah. And then the last element we should talk about is on the shorts. And the shorts are always, I think, looking gray are always a good option like um, to check that out. But what I really like about the shorts. Is on the right uh, hip, or on like yeah, like on the right hip, you have the um, the old Shep logo. Um right there. So you know, Old Shep logo. Old Shep right there on the on the right. And then on the left, you have like the newer, the newest wolves like round logo with the wolf howling um in the basketball kind of as the moon. So um again, with the remixing, with the throw you know, the old to the new, they have it literally represented just like on the shorts too. One side, the very first logo, the other side uh, the most recent logo, so you know they covered their bases. They uh, did what they were supposed to here, and uh, um, you know, definitely uh, went through all the eras and combined them all up, and and uh, boom, there we go. Fans have wanted a blue jersey for a really long time. You know, I think um, you know, I think what fans really wanted is just to go all just just literally copy those old jerseys, like bring those back throwback style. But uh, I guess this is the next best thing here. But uh, let's talk about like what we think about these, Scott, and um, you know these these uh, leaked probably uh, two months ago or a month ago or something like that. And uh, you get a really crappy photo of it laying down somewhere. It's like, is this real? Who knows? But we did see something like this. But now that we have the official pictures and everything, and I know, like you said, the next step is to see them in person, uh, which the Wolves are wearing them on Friday at Target Center for the first time. But uh, what are your thoughts, Scott, about about these jerseys? And, um, you know, uh, where what, what, are we going with this? What, what are you thinking?
1: I don't love them. Um, I'll give the same uh, you know, w- precursor, what is the word I'm looking for, Neil? We're recording too early in the day. My brain's <laughs> not picking up the words. But the same kind of note that I gave last year when you talked yeah. about last year's City Edition jerseys, I could, f- you know, I reserve the right to feel differently once I see them in person. A lot of times mm-hmm. the jerseys look a lot better in person. So I just want to have that caveat out there that I'm judging these based off of photos only. Yeah um but personally my only problem with them i have two problems with them and one i should correct myself i looked up the font you're right it it is a little bit of a mix between the kg graffiti font and the kevin love era the the large w and the large s are like more exaggerated than the kevin love era but that's Uh one of my one of my problems like don't recall that era that era was terrible like I know the assignment is to like look back at all the eras but uh that era was very bad for Wolves fans and we had, we don't even have enough time yet to have the nostalgia like it's not like the, ki- yeah. the original jerseys <laughs> was a good era for the Timberwolves either but at least it was 20 years ago now and we can be like oh what remember when I was a little kid and we got those free Doug West jerseys or whatever you know it's like yeah those ones are far enough away from the pain of losing all the time that we can now look back at them with uh you know fond n- nostalgic rose tinted glasses or whatever you want to put it but um i just don't like seeing that with that cage K- or kevin love era font on the jerseys because that was <laughs> bad times you know like why are we bringing me back there um, and then my other thing is, I think this is personally just me being really close to the situation. You know, Neil, 10 years ago, you and I were making Timberwolves merch, you know, or yeah. T-Wolves merch and stuff like that. Still do sometimes. I think there's still probably some store items you can buy on our website, wolvescast.com, if you check it out. Uh, good merch items. Like, if we have the Palm Hats, I don't think we do, but great for winter. Uh, we'll get anyways, those rolling again. We got
0: we to got, we, we get those rolling again soon. We have a lot that's of them, right. so we need to sell them again. So coming soon. Right,
1: Exactly. So uh, yeah, pay attention to that. But uh, so I think we've just been really close. Obviously, jersey designs, logo redesigns is something that you and I were both fans of design. So I think we both. Oh yeah, pay it's extra our first topic to today. <laughs> right, exactly. And so fans of the podcast know we care about that a lot. So what these jerseys remind me of more than anything is the past decade plus of fans designing their own jerseys. One, because a lot of times when fans redesign jerseys, unless you're like really good graphic artist or something, you're like using Photoshop to copy and paste elements from old Wolves jerseys or from like Wolves official media or stuff like that to kind of like you know, kind of copy and paste your way together for your own jersey design. And, and maybe this is a compliment that they gave the fans what they want. And I think that's what a lot of fans are responding to so positively to this, is that people wanted the blue and green colors from the original jerseys. They wanted the return of the trees. Like every fan design has the trees reincorporated in some way. And most fan designs come with these bright blue and green colors from the early days. And so I just think that to me, when I look at these, they look fan designed. And I'm not, a, I love having old Shep on the shorts. We should maybe talk about, about how uh, I think they said on the broadcast last night, Jim Pete said something about them using the term "Old Shep" in some official like media that they put it's out. It's in the, which I'm not pre- sure it's in the press. It's in the press release.
0: It's in the press release. Yeah, so. like
1: I, I think Old Shep is one of those things where people are like, "Why do you call it that?" I'm like, I think that's the name, but I've never like had evidence to prove that it's the name. So like Jim Pete using it on air has always been like bolstering my argument that Old Shep is the nickname for the old logo, but I never really saw evidence. So it's fun to see evidence of that. Uh, but like, why have two logos on the shorts? One thing shorts to be better with just the old Shep logo. Why do they have to have the current logo on both sides? It just seems like once again, a fan who designed it, who was trying to do a little bit too much. And that's what the impression I get is just like, these look like any of the dozens of, uh, jerseys you will see if you type in fan redesign or Timberwolves redesign into Google image search. So me, for me, they look a little less professional. They look a little amateurish, but like I said, I'll give it time. I'll see it in person and then I'll come back and let you know how I feel.
0: Yeah, the, you know, I mean, I think you're right that it is, I think the the whole, just the whole concept of this year's City jerseys lends itself to more of that fan, like, oh, we're taking, we're literally taking these elements from the past and putting them all in here, um, you know, and I think that, you know, that's, that's sort of a simplistic kind of, yeah, I don't know. I think teams like just try and do that anyway. Like with their like legitimate rebrands or whatever, like for the whole jerseys, like they'll always try and harken back a little bit. But I think here it was just like so explicit of like, here's the main thing. Like, pull elements from your old uniforms and to answer your question about the, the, the shorts like that's why there's two u- logos there because it's not their normal jersey or whatever right it's supposed to be this thing that uh, looks back and, and pays homage to you know uh, different eras so yeah if it was the normal jersey it'd be weird if there was two different logos even if they were both new logos or something like that but you know it's, it's just it's about doing that thing about yeah having the different eras all mashed up together so um, yeah I, I think this To me, has evolved a lot. I think, like I was saying about the leaked photo, like that did not look very good as it usually does. It usually doesn't. Um, Then, when the official photos came out, I was more stoked because you could see the colors more vividly, and I think like that really like made things pop a little bit more and I had not seen the shorts with the Shep logo and stuff on there which is great I'm with you I think the 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 trees are a little overused at this point but it literally was like the best time in Timberwolves history so I get why people love it It's, it's it's kind of a KG thing really more than anything I feel like or people just think of KG when they think about those trees and then um you know I think uh yeah, I think the colors are good. And then I did get to see them in person um, when I went to Target Center last uh, this earlier this week in, like, the glass case. <laughs> so, like, right there by the team store they have them. So, you know, that's not seeing them, you know, on a player or whatever. But, you know, again, the colors just pop so much more in person, those blues and those greens and stuff. So, um, yeah, basically I was way lower on them until they were officially announced. And now I like them a little bit more, and I think you know there was there's a whole I mean the whole lineup of the 30 teams is is pretty out there, and um, you know I think the Wolves uh, held their own <laughs> as far as this year's crop of uh, of the 30 go. Um, you know, obviously everyone's got different, wildly different opinions on which ones are good and which ones are garbage, but you know I think uh, league wide people seem to think highly of the Wolves ones again. I think that color just goes a long way um, for them there to have that bright blue, not the current like you know navy. You know dark navy blue but that More of that royal color blue there so um, yeah the team will be wearing them on Friday and then you know the other cool thing that goes with these is like what other kind of merch is going to be around this as far as other apparel not just the jerseys and the shorts but like what kind of hats and jackets and hoodies and stuff are we going to see about this I think that will be interesting because maybe in those situations you don't have room for the four different eras of logos and stuff like that and so maybe it'll be more limited and a little more tasteful or something and not so mishmash together um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what the other merchandise offerings are from this and uh, you know kind of related I don't think it's happening but uh, you know it'd be cool if we could get one of those sweet city courts alternate court this year probably not probably not probably not maybe
1: come on let's make it happen (laughs) you know all these teams all these other teams are doing it come on tim rolls now you got you know these new owners they gotta you know show that they're willing to open the purse strings for the Ah, let's
0: go um but yeah anything else on the jersey scott obviously we'll talk more about them well if we're gonna put
1: if we're going to put two logos on the shorts, why not put all three? I mean, the M and the T, you know, logo that oh, was yeah. on the KGR shorts is a way cooler logo than the current one. So, anyways, I'm going to let it go. Um, Neil, just this is a very early preliminary ranking. Where would you rank these among the other four City Edition jerseys? This is our fifth one. Wow. Um, I do think, huh, do I like them
0: more? So, the MSP and then what was last year? Last year was the Aurora, the black and green ones. Yep. Um, I would put these um, Prince one, and then I, I I think I like the MSP Baby Blues two, and then I would go with this one uh, above last year's black and and green, and then those gray ones are just so boring. Like. I I think like going crazy with your jersey like maybe this one does like at least they went for it and the gray one is just like unacceptably bland. So uh, unless a disaster happens like I feel like that jersey will never find its way (laughs) out of the bottom ranking of the city jerseys unless you're going to say otherwise unless you're going to put this one at the bottom you're going to do that right now.
1: Uh no, I won't do that. I will okay. say the only thing the gray jerseys have going for them is that the team wore them down the stretch in the year we yep. made the playoffs, like they started wearing good them like, every game. I think they wore them every game in the that's playoffs. That's right. Too, so. I forgot about that. Yeah. So there's there's that that's the only good thing you can say about those jerseys. Technically, we almost have the exact same list right now until I see these jerseys in person. I'm going to keep them below last year's sure. you know, dark gray Aurora mm-hmm. jerseys. Uh so, until I see them in person, I think we're pretty much the same, but I would have these at 4 and the uh, dark Aurora jerseys at 3.
0: All right, let's get back to the game on the court. He's hitting up. Or off the court still, because unfortunately he's injured. It's D'Angelo Russell, and he sprained his ankle on Monday, and that's never fun. Uh, seemed like a minor thing. I saw it happen, and uh, he kind of hobbled up the floor. Happened on defense, and then like going for a rebound or something. And then he kind of hobbled up the floor. And then when they came back down, there was like a stoppage, and I saw him like kind of trying to test it, like trying to kind of pivot on it and stuff like that. So he did keep playing. It wasn't one of these things where he came down on it and had to be like helped off and, you know, couldn't put weight on or anything dumb like that. Like it seems minor, but also even a minor sprain usually means you're out for a week or maybe two weeks or something like that. So, um, not sure when he will be returning, but uh, didn't play on Wednesday and has already been ruled out for Friday's game. So, uh, yeah, the Wolves, one of the Wolves' best players, going to miss some time here, and uh, that will uh, that will affect the team on the floor. Uh, like we said, they're they're right now having a hard time knocking down the threes, and you know, D'Angelo Russell. He's been one of the worst shooters on the team, but uh, you know, you would still you still want that player on the floor to attempt more and to be able to get back on track. But it uh, doesn't seem like that'll be happening anytime soon for D'Angelo Russell.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I'm hopeful it won't be another week off or something. You know, because I think he was testing it. I believe they said yeah. so. It'll be one of those things where we yeah, we got to just hold on and hope because I mean, this is what we said last week when we were talking about rotations. How are we going to make the rotations work? Just wait a week. Somebody will get injured. Maybe mm-hmm. multiple people will be injured. And then, you mm-hmm. know, the whole who's playing, who's not playing kind of solves itself. But um, so I'm not completely worried about it. He's definitely missed. Um, I mean, it's. Timberwolves have uh, lost every game that he hasn't played you know we lost that Orlando game in the second half we had a good first half against Orlando and D'Lo was around and then D'Lo was gone the second half and we fell apart and uh kind of you know it's a chicken or an egg situation I think that because of us you know blowing that second half to Orlando it really screwed with our plus minus numbers because all of a sudden now D'Lo has like the best uh and this was on (laughs) Tuesday but as yeah. of Tuesday, he was fourth in the league in defensive rating behind only Andre Iguodala-Bam <laughs> and Nicholas Patum, yeah. just because the Wolves' small defense is really theater. good. Yeah, exactly. It's small sample size leader, exactly, because the defense has been really good this season, and it was really bad to the Magic when Delo wasn't on the court. So everyone else kind of felt that hit to their defensive rating, and D'Lo didn't. But, uh, you know, it, same day, the, same, the on-off numbers were that, you know, on, when Delo's on the court, we have a, uh, you know, 98 offensive rating, 89 defensive rating, which is a really good defensive rating. And then when he's off the court, our offensive rating is actually a little better at 100, but our defensive rating jumps from 89 to 113 points. Uh, so it's just like, Delo defensive superstar right now, which is, like you said, a joke about the small sample sizes, but also, you know, not for nothing, Delo has been trying on defense this year. He's been doing a lot better. He's not anywhere near Pat Beverly or Josh Okoge or something like that, but he's been no slouch on that end of the floor. He's been trying, and I think that there's something to be said for that. So I do think that you know we'll miss him, like you said. I mean, he hasn't been making shots yet, but he is someone who's always – every time he takes a three, I feel pretty good about it. Um, he has a reputation
0: so, of a shooter.
1: Right, exactly. So hopefully he'll get back sooner than later, but I think that as long as Pat Bev can stay healthy for the games Delo is out, we'll be able to make it through.
0: Yeah, that's that's the nice thing about you know the wolves do have some pretty nice point guard depth, um, you know with Beverly and then McLaughlin, you know both, you know I think Beverly obviously a higher end, um, you know backup backup point guard you know definitely can can start in a pinch for just about any team you know given a sort of well-rounded skill set and then Mac, you know not not like a household name by any means you know around the league or whatever but i think wolves fans and, and deeper nba fans understand that you know he's totally a competent backup guard and can give you um good minutes uh, again pretty well-rounded more of a like a floor general type who wants to bring it up so you know as long as those guys are good and unfortunately pat Beverly's dealing with his own sort of uh um, Um, you know this muscle issue with his leg or whatever Um, I think it's a calf so you know you got to be careful with him you don't want to overplay him just because now he's your starting point guard you got to be careful there and I think they have been they've even gone to lineups where neither of those guys are on the floor and it's just ant bringing it up and stuff so yeah it's a
1: a glimpse of Jalen Noel against the clip oh yeah yeah yeah. I think he gets a minute so
0: Yeah, so there. I'm sure.
1: I'm sure there's people who are clamoring for Leandro Balmaro point, uh point forward minutes as well. You know.
0: Yeah, I think we have a little mailbag question about that, but you know, yeah, I think, um, yeah, they'll patchwork it together for now, and hopefully, it's not too much longer, um, and D'Lo can come back. Wolves head out on a four-game road trip uh, next week: Uh, Memphis, Golden State, L.A., Los Angeles um so that's that's a tough one there and it'd be nice to maybe at least have a little bit of delo for for a couple of those so that'll be interesting i hope they just don't say hey stay home the whole break and we'll get you when we come back or stay home the whole road trip and (laughs) we'll get you when we come back that'd be tough for him to miss you know six seven games with this thing but who knows that's how it goes sometimes uh injuries in the nba are a big deal but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Something to monitor, and then yeah, Russell. Just hope he plays better and comes back because he's throwing the ball all over the gym. It's been a, it's been a wild ride as far as the <laughs> turnovers go, and you know the missed shots are definitely gonna come back around. But I don't know about those turnovers. He definitely you know it allows him to throw some of those amazing passes that he does sometimes complete. But then you're gonna get those weird errant behind the back ones and stuff like that. So he's got to turn things around pretty quickly here. But I'm not too worried about it. Like you said, the 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 off ball. Defense is improved, really like that. And the shots are gonna start falling. It's just just how it is. He's he's too good of a shooter and he's getting really good looks. So I, I expect those to come back around.
1: Yeah, and like you said, the shooting will come around, and I even think some of those turnovers are obviously, like he's thrown the ball into the stands more this season than the entire time he's been in a Timberwolves jersey, so I got to think some of those will come down too. Some of that's just, you know, different offense. You Players aren't where that you're expecting them to be when you throw those passes, so I got to imagine that'll improve as well. One thing about D'Lo real quick is that it, this isn't the first time, and I'm not saying this is intentional, where people are really, you know, crapping on D'Lo, a lot of hate, D'Lo hate, and then he's like, okay yeah you think i'm so bad when i'm playing for you let's see how good you are without me you know some of these injuries have come at times and maybe that's just because there's always d hate but it seems like when there's uh d hate is reaching a peak he's like okay we'll see how good you are without me and then you're like oh oh man i forgot we need d yeah all right uh one more thing here let's talk
0: about shooting
1: He's
0: on fire. We need D'Lo. Um, all right, Wolves uh, not shooting the ball very well uh, to shoot to start this uh, start this season. Scott, the the team is a twenty third in uh, three point percentage uh, here through the first seven games. And uh, but the thing is, they're getting them up like they are great shooters. They are second in the percentage of shots that they shoot from three. A whopping forty seven percent. Only the Jazz. Who uh, who are incredible shooters? Uh, they shoot more percentage of their shots from three, um, so they're getting them up there. But uh, the Wolves' offense, just in general, has been bad. They're twenty third in offensive rating as we record this, twenty sixth in true shooting. Shots just not are just not falling right now. It's been it's been really tough, um, uh, especially in a, really exclusively in a, a half court offense type of way. The Wolves have done a really good job turning other teams over and getting points off those. So, again, their defense is way ahead of their offense, and it's actually their defense – is their offense in a big way, uh, the way they um, get out in the open court and finish those. Um, but the shooting, it's got to come back around. I mean, that's shooting is one of the more, um, uh, you know, sort of it, it can, it's going to come around. It's going to, shooting luck is something that matters a lot, especially from three, um, right? The, the three point shots, there's a certain amount of luck involved, right? Like, sure, a wide open three is better than a contested one. But pretty much, you know, you got to look at sort of uh, what the average is for the league and stuff like that. And um, see, so the Wolves, again, we talked about with D'Lo. We talked about a couple of these guys. The threes are going to start falling. But right now, it's kind of an issue. I did pull some numbers here, um, you know, from what the, some of these players are shooting now versus what their career is. Towns, he's just fine, 48% on six and a half games. Threes per game. He should shoot more threes per game, actually. Uh, His career is 39%. So he's doing great. But the rest of these guys, they're kind of having a hard time. Beasley, he's only shooting 35% on seven threes a game. Career is uh, 39. So, you know, that's actually a a higher number than I thought it would be. It seems like he's way lower than that. But, you know, he, he had that really good game recently where he had like five threes or six threes, I think it was. So that really helps him here in the small sample size. Anthony Edwards shooting 31% on a whopping 9.3 threes. Woo! He's getting them up. Wow. Uh, but his career um, is right there at like 32%. So he's about average for his career, which is really bad. <laughs> um, uh, D'Angelo Russell only 29% on seven and a half threes. His career average is 36. Um, Jaden McDaniels, he's shooting currently 22% in his career. Um, you know, when you add in last year, it was 35. And then uh, Beverly's about normal. He's shooting forty-two percent on almost four threes a game in his career's thirty-eight. So you got you got a couple guys: Beasley, Edwards, Russell, uh, McDaniel's, who are really struggling um, to kind of you know at least be you know hit their average for their career. Um, So those I think will all come back up. But it is it is worrisome at least right now to kind of look at this and be like, this whole team is kind of built around this premise of getting up a lot of threes, and they're just not falling right now. So uh, what do you think? about all that and and sort of where do you see this going
1: well I think it is encouraging when uh, you look at where we're taking our shots I mean we're taking I think last I heard it was like we're 28th in the league in mid-range shots wow. you know taking a lot of shots in the paint from the corners from the top of the key we're getting our shots from where we want them which is really great news, and like if you look, I think we're you know near the top of the league in corner three point percentage in terms of how many we take, but our numbers have been terrible. I think from one corner we're like zero, we're like one for thirty or something, you know, and that's just like oh my god, the corner threes are the easiest ones in the game. You got to mm-hmm. imagine they'll start falling. So I mean, there's all of that. Um, you got to imagine some of these guys that will get better. I mean, the biggest worry I think is Edwards, who's uh, you know I think that's been a big topic of conversation this week. So if you pay attention. To any other Wolves media than right here. And if you don't, thanks for getting all your Wolves media from us. But I think a lot of people have been talking about his shot distribution just because he is not going, he's so good in the paint. We just want him to go to the paint all the time. And he seems to think that the three point shot will open up the paint for him, but I think he should, you know, go to the paint to open up his three point shot. And I think he's got it backwards a little bit. And it is, you know, you said it's right around his career numbers, but that's not great because last season he was terrible for the first half of the season. And then really good after Finch showed up. So we were hoping that he would. Go back to that kind of really good level he had to close out last season, and he's not. Um, but I do think that the, that I get the feeling when he shoots them, a lot of them should go in. You know, so I think that he's he's better than thirty one percent. But yeah, he's he's like top seven in the league and three points attempted three-point attempts and for someone who's shooting 31% you're like oh man maybe you shouldn't be in the top 10 of three-point shots attempted but they said on the broadcast last night that league-wide three-point shooting is down like the I think they said right now the average is 34% which would be like the lowest since like 1994 or something you know I don't I, I'm just trying to remember, let's just, don't quote me on those numbers, but it's it's somewhere in that range. So I think that there is something going on league-wide a little bit, and maybe it's just rust, but uh, you know, I, I think that if the whole league is down, then you got to put these uh, numbers in context a little bit. And uh, yeah, the only other thing is towns should be shooting more. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Anthony Edwards. Uh, I mean, just too many, too many like step backs and like you know, like like just like uh, you know, th- three point shots off the dribble. I bet I'd be a one from day one. That's that's really where the problem is. I wish he had more like catch and shoots because uh, I think he can hit them and, and some of the looks are good, but uh, I wish he would eliminate some of these like yeah these step backs. Those those are just so hard. You know, those are really tough threes. And the team, I think, can if they just keep working, it can you know find better shots even if they're from technically worse shooters or something like that. So um, I think just like the shot selection needs to continue to evolve for him. That was a a big issue for him last year, and apparently it's still there now. You know, um, you know, it doesn't even mean he has to get all the way to the hoop. I know you know long twos are bad or whatever, but he's been shooting some nice like little you know kind of one foot in the paint, you know, kind of fifteen foot. So not long twos, but kind of you know paint twos or whatever like if he could get that going a little bit more that'd be good I mean obviously he's got the body just to bulldoze in and get to the free throw line That's ultimately what you want to see but it doesn't have to be that you know There's other ways to mix up your shot selection and still be efficient so um, Definitely something to continue to monitor not just the wolves you know three-point shooting percentage, but yeah d- d- Specifically anthony edwards shot selection. He leads the team and shots taken and um, You know you just like to see that evolve and you know again He's just 20 so he's gonna he's gonna figure that out But for the team this year, uh, that's something that hopefully can change sooner than later uh, before he shoots him out of too many more games here.
1: Yeah, well, I think there's also something to be said for being willing to take bad shot if you have to. Like, we're gonna get into this in mailbag a little bit. People are wondering why Cat. Everyone in the league, you know, Zach Lowe was saying on the podcast, how is Cat third in shot attempts? Why doesn't Cat take you know like twenty shots a game? Why is he always like twelve to fifteen shots a game? It's because Cat, for better or for worse, refuses to take if he shots. He doesn't take bad shots. If he's got a bad shot, instead of like forcing something up, he'll like we saw it last night uh, against the Clippers. He just threw a grenade to Ant at the last second because he. not want to chuck up a bad shot and you know ant ant will so i think that there is a little something to be said for being willing to be like end of the shot clock maybe i'll just take one for the team here and, and shoot this three at the end of the shot clock rather than the carl anthony towns approach which is why carl anthony towns has one of the best like top 10 true shooting percentages of all time he only takes good shots but sometimes that means like you know people are like why why won't the team get cat more shots well maybe cat needs to take more shots you know <laughs>
0: Absolutely. All right, Scott, uh, let's get to our sponsor here midway through the show. And, uh, you know, we're going to take it high tech today. So uh, why don't you get us started with our fantastic sponsor?
1: Absolutely. Neil, I can't be more excited. This is just a sponsor that's really, you know, unique to this point in time. So I'm so excited to introduce you today to our sponsor. The World Wide Web. You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. To participate, you risk exposing yourself to the most toxic trolls whose raison d'etre is to make you feel bad about yourself.
0: NBA superstars may be younger, healthier, more athletic, more popular, and unfathomably richer than the average person, but they are still human beings. If you cut them, do they not bleed? Look at the plight of young Benjamin David Simmons, a man who was afraid to return to his team because of the vitriolic hate he sees whenever he checks social media. What can fans do to protect their favorite players from suffering such
1: abuse? Presenting Crunch AI, a new artificial intelligence bot that protects NBA stars online, CrunchBot AI sifts through players' social media feeds, removing negative comments and replacing them with supportive encouragement. When Sucks tweets, At Carl Towns is overrated. He needs to be traded to my favorite team. CrunchBot AI changes that negativity to read, at Carl Towns seems like a great guy. I bet he bakes delicious cookies. When at
0: Vikings eight 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 nine four comments, you belong in the D League. To Delo's innocuous Instagram post about his dogs, D'Angelo will see his offense is bound to return to career norms, and his defense this season has been underrated. Thanks to the protective, watchful eye of CrunchBot AI.
1: Crunch AI is currently in beta testing, but you can support CrunchBot AI's mission to protect your favorite players by contributing to the GoFundMe to ensure this dream becomes a reality. Donate today before the trolls get their way. Thank you to
0: Crunch AI for their support of Wolvescast. And now, let's dig into the mailbag. It's a mailbag, it's a mailbag. It's a mup mu muk mu- 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 mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a muk 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 mu- mailbag. Letters on letters like the alphabet, yo. This segment's called mailbag. So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know. There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show. Yeah, send us your letters, send us your messages. Sent us your carrier pigeons. We want to hear from you. All right, it's been too long. I believe it's been since like April, Scott. So uh, right now we got to open this large burlap sack of mail and uh, read out some, uh, answer some questions that we have from the faithful Wolves Cast listeners. If you'd like to submit a question to Wolves Cast for an upcoming mailbag, follow us on Twitter, and uh, we will post uh, when it's mailbag week, and then uh, we'll get all your questions. So. Go follow us over there, please. Um, Scott, are you prepared for Mailbag?
1: I love hearing from the people. I love the people who listen to our show and participate. So even though some of these, you know, are uh, you know names that are familiar to Wolf's Cast listeners, I just want to say thanks to everybody for submitting a question.
0: All right, at Chris G in KC writes, "How loud should I scream the next time Cat takes the third most shots in the game?" Oh, we were just talking about this um so on a on a a one to ten scream scale scott uh how loud uh how long should you scream when you look at the box score after the next wolves game and 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 towns is not one he's not two but he's three
1: you see i think that this warrants a loud scream but a short scream you know it's not something you should draw out um but i think it definitely deserves like uh whatever your epithet of choice is just go ahead and scream it out as long as it's not as long as it's not like uh you know prejudice to anybody but go ahead and scream yeah. it out nice and loud you know wake up your dog but don't hold it because like i said i think you know some of this is on cat you know if he would take you know if he would force his shot a little bit more and that's just the thing they were talking about on the broadcast about how like maybe no maybe it wasn't the broadcast maybe it was the dane Moore podcast everybody but they were talking about how in previous seasons uh cat had such little help that the best thing for him to do is often to like force his way through a double team and uh thankfully i'm not saying saying he should do that to double teams he's pretty good at passing out of the double team but like i said just a l- few minutes earlier there's a real hesitancy on cat's part to take any bad shots and that should be applauded that should be encouraged but if he's going to be so picky about his shots i don't think we're ever going to get him to be above ant who's very non-picky about his shots let's say
0: well said um uh, canis Hoopus contributor and friend of the show yo leo writes uh, who would win in a Greco-Roman wrestling match between Nathan Knight and Nas Reed? Olympic rules, obviously. So, Greco-Roman wrestling is just classic wrestling. Okay, it's the wrestling you think of. It's uh, um, it's not like oiled up wrestling or anything like that. It's um, you know, it's it it looks like wrestling. I mean, I feel like if you're a wrestling person, uh, you probably have more to say about that. But I think for the lay people. Uh, looks like normal wrestling to me Scott so Nathan Knight Nas Reed two big individuals um, you know I think Nas is maybe a little bit bigger I think uh, Nathan Knight is kind of a similar size um, you know kind of like undersized big it looks like Nathan Knight is listed as 610 235 and uh, Mr. Nas Reed nine. 264 so now this is Like an inch shorter but has like a decided Weight advantage there Who you got Scott who's wrestling Who's, Who's winning the wrestling match
1: uh, I'm not going to pick against Nas Reed. You know, he's uh, he's the people's favorite. I think that that is always going to help him. You know, if he's got the crowd on his side, and Nas, you know, he really remade his body over the summer. So I have no doubt that you know, even though he's lacking a little bit in height and probably reach, I think that you know, I'd be foolish to bet against Nas Reed. It's good that you looked up the Olympic rules because I assumed when he said Olympic rules, it meant they were wrestling nude. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I thought something like that was potentially what was happening here. And we've come
1: to see the wizard, uh, the wizard of Nas. But yeah,
0: I got Nas here, too. Nas is, uh, you know, we, we've seen his dedication to his body and to uh, changing what he needs to, really sacrificing what he needs to in order to, um, you know, uh, you know, do better for himself and for his career. So I feel like that would happen in the wrestling realm as well so sorry nathan knight we just need to know more about you and then maybe you can be picked to win a wrestling
1: match and Britt robson's joke is that nas falls down too much so he's very comfortable on the ground you know i feel like that's going to come in va- uh, come in handy
0: yeah be. yeah totally all right next question from at hustle play 3000 who do you think plays more minutes with d and maybe beverly out balmaro or no uh Jalen Noel.
1: I'm gonna go with Noel. I mean, we already saw him, so I mean there's something there. I think that in the pecking order, it's uh you know, it's harder to deny that he deserves the minutes a little bit more. Whereas Leandro, you get the ex- you get the excuse of being like, Yeah, you're really new to the league. It's your first year, you go down to the G League, maybe he understands. But to send Jalen down to the G League again, especially where he's proven he has nothing more that he needs to learn down there, I think that'd be seen as more of an insult. So I think just in terms of not even the merit of of who deserves those minutes more in terms of like who would be better out there I think Noel deserves those minutes just from like a reputation he's been here longer and honestly I think that he probably would play better than Leandro just because I, I like the minutes Noel usually gives us so I'm picking Jalen Neal what do you think
0: yeah, Leo. Sorry, man. You're too young still. Like, like Jalen has already done this, where he goes up and down from Iowa and cuts his cuts his teeth and plays in summer league and does all this stuff. So I think just from like a league wide respect level, like Chris Finch isn't going to, you know, put uh, unless it was like uh, unless Balmaro was just extremely outplaying him in practices and stuff like that. So they must be relatively close. Plus, I think Balmaro maybe is more of a guy who you put in there uh, when you have your full point guard lineup and you play him off the ball. You know, I know he can play on the ball. It's one of his strongest strengths. But when you throw him into the NBA, I feel like you want to play him alongside Russell, alongside Beverly, not like in place of one of them. So um, I I think they're going the right way here. But uh, I'm certainly excited to see Leandro Balmaro, but probably just going to have to be in some more Iowa minutes down the line um all right at andre el gigante tweets uh what are the best style of players to put around cat slash ant what do you think scott what what, what kind of players do we want to put around them
1: uh honestly i think we kind of have those players around them you would i guess the one thing you do is you want to combine them because we have shooters which is definitely what you want around them and uh Defenders is the other thing we need because neither Ant nor Cat are particularly rugged defenders, even though we're seeing a lot more out of them this season, a lot more effort out of them this season, which has been great. But ideally, you'd want guys who can both shoot and play defense. Right now, we're kind of alternating. You know, uh, you guys are defenders. You guys are shooters. We'll put a mix of you out there. I guess the only other thing is, you know... Having a rim protector with Cat, I know obviously that's not the philosophy of this team, and you know they've clearly decided not to go that route. Or because there's a handful of you know rim protectors who are out there on you know the open market that we could sign. But um, I just honestly think you know having someone big, especially for the nights where Cat gets in foul trouble, and we're like, man, this is going to be a long night for Nas. I wouldn't mind having somebody like that as well. What do you think, Neil?
0: Yeah, two-way players is the short, sweet answer, right? All guys who can play both ends of the floor competently and efficiently—that'd be great. Especially because, yeah, like you said, Cat and Ant don't maybe have the highest defensive ceiling. We'll see about Ant. He might, he might be able to get up there a little bit. But uh, yeah, and I think as far as the big goes, yeah, it would be. I think at this point in in Towns' career, although he is improving, it be really would be good to see him, you know, kind of be more of a four and play with another big man next to him. Problem is, if we're asking for two-way players, who's the who's the um, you know rim defending center who also shoots threes? There's like three of those guys. There's like Porzingis, Miles Turner, uh, and like maybe like one or two other guys. So it's like really really hard, obviously, to find two-way players in general, let alone a, an elite rim defending big who also can has to be respected from three. Maybe like Horford or something on the lower end. You know, Cat's Buddy. Horford, um, you know, so it, it's really hard to find those guys. So Cat's uh, probably gonna have to be a, be a five for the majority of his career here. So uh,
1: I think you could yeah. get a big though who doesn't shoot because this is kind of like a big you don't want to play too much. He's a break glass in case of emergency because obviously you want the rotation to stay kind of the same. But for those nights where there happens to be a big guy who's too like a Jonas Valanciunas who's just too big for Cat and Nas to handle, then you could play this guy. But um, I also think maturity would be a good thing. I think that Pat Bev is playing a really important role as the vet leadership on this team and i wouldn't mind having one or two more guys who could really grab a guy's ear in the locker room and be like hey Ant, maybe you should take more shots at the rim than you do from three you know
0: yeah yeah absolutely getting his ear a little bit there all right two more here from at solana beats he writes in to say is making the play-in tournament too low of an expectation for this wolves team Um, I'll start this one. I don't think so at all. I mean, uh, there are moments where this team does look really good. And again, if they're going to play this level of defense the whole year and the shooting comes around, well, hey, maybe you could be a seven or eight seed. But I think, um, you know, there's just too many other good teams. Things are going to shake out a little bit more kind of how we think they will in the West. So, I think the, the play in tournament is exactly what the expectations could be. Um, I guess seven and eight still is that tournament, that play in tournament. So, yeah, you're asking the Wolves to be in the top six team? No, no way. So, you know, I think the play in tournament's exactly right. And, and especially that 10 11 part, I think it's even going to be hard for them to get seven eight. So, I think that's perfectly what the expectation is. It's not too low at all. Um, if anything, it might be just a little high. Just there's too much. There's too much like other great teams, especially in the West. And um, I don't know. I feel like just other things could go wrong. So I'd be worried about predicting more than that.
1: Yeah, we lost to the Orlando Magic at home this week, so uh, I'm surprised that this question came through after that game because I feel like the play-in is too high of an expectation. I picked the under for this team, so uh, I think that that is, uh, you know, if that's your expectation, you you might be setting yourself up for disappointment here. So um, I think that's a little high. I mean, that's what I'm hoping for. Like, in the best-case scenario, I see that being the result. But uh, that's not an expectation. That's a hope for me right now. That's a wish. So, uh, yeah, I would say it's a it's not too low it might be too high
0: mm-hmm. totally all right one uh, last one here and there's actually multiple questions in it from old buddy Lago lagomite thanks for always sending in questions how much kool-aid y'all drinking i'm up to a gallon a day are your necks okay with the uh, whiplash of our defense outstripping our offense and then finally on a scale of joe smith uh to ant Who cares about Simmons on this team anymore? So, meaning, uh, actually, I don't really understand what that question is. On a scale of Joe Smith legendary backfire to Ant unexpected cornerstone, who bleeping cares about Simmons on this team anymore? I mean, uh, yeah, I I guess I get it. But um, all right, let's start at the top. How much Kool Aid are you drinking? I mean, I guess we kind of just answered that. We're not, you know, we're we're not not really
1: thinking. Not as much Kool Aid as Solana Beats is drinking.
0: Yeah, less than a gallon a day. Uh, It is strange to have the defense, uh, you know, out out outstripping the offense, like Lagomite says here. But it's fun, and I don't mind. I just hope it's. I don't think it's that real, but I kind of now have hopes of like the Wolves actually being average. You know, they were in like the top three. Now they're down to I forget what I said, like ninth or something like that. You know, I think they'll they'll even out and kind of be more an average. But they might not be a bottom ten defense this year, which is like it's weird to say it in that way as like a positive thing. But like that would if you just told us that before the season started that's huge. So I think that's, and that's why I'm optimistic about the team being able to get to that 10th, 11th seed is because of the strength of their defense. So I really like that. And then, yeah, Simmons, I don't really think about him that much anymore. Um, I guess as a Wolves fan, it's, it's interesting because you don't get a chance to bring in a, a talent like him, even with his, issues I think he works really well actually on Timberwolves team that doesn't have like you know championship (laughs) potential in the next like few years or whatever like Simmons fits best as like a floor raiser for a regular season team not a you know not a championship ceiling raiser or whatever so I think he kind of does fit well with the Wolves just in a broad sense but I haven't thought about him on the Wolves in a long time I think it's going to be a long drawn out thing with him and Daryl Morey so kind of over that for now so I don't really care about the Simmons thing Uh, what do you think about all the questions Scott
1: first what flavor of kool aid are we talking about here? Mm, you gotta I, I specify mean, like the these stand... details you know uh purple oh well then I'm in I, I'll drink I'll <laughs> go purple yeah I don't even care uh it's just you know any kind of purple flavored thing it's good that's right all right uh in terms of the whiplash for defense off outstriping outstripping outstriping outstripping our offense striping? here's the thing striping Maybe our offense is worse than our defense because we're trying harder on defense. You know, it's one of those James uh-huh. Harden things where it's like he tries so hard on offense that a lot of times he just didn't have the energy to go as hard on defense, and he had to pick his spots. I know we're when talking, I'm playing, talk about picks. effort effort allocation. Yeah, exactly. When I'm playing pickup hoops, I put all my defense effort into defense because I don't want to be embarrassed. But that leaves me like totally gassed on offense. If I grab a rebound on offense, I can't play for like the next two possessions because I'm so tired. So I understand that. And so maybe the reason why all the, our shots are falling flat and maybe the reason why we're not as efficient on offense as we've seen these guys do throughout their careers is because they're trying so much harder on the defensive end than they normally do. Their bodies aren't used to the strain it takes to put that much effort. On defense, and so maybe they're just a little gassed on offense. I think that that could be, uh, you know, something to think about next time you're like, Man, our defense is really good. Why is our offense so bad? You know, maybe it's a choice, yeah. Uh, And then finally, about Ben Simmons, I'm done with the Simmons stuff, too. One, it's just going to cost too much, but two, it just I'm really starting to sour on him as a person, maybe because it seems like a lot of the stuff I've been hearing. Like, I don't blame him entirely. I, I have a lot of blame for the Sixers organization for how they treated him, and for them to treat him that way, and then be like, "What is the Eric Andre shooting Hannibal Burris gif?" Where it's like, "Why is Ben Simmons treating us so b- pa- poorly after the Sixers shoot you know the Hannibal Burris corpse that's labeled Ben Simmons?" You know, you should but, make uh, that one. You should. You should make uh, that. Uh, one, uh, yeah, Scott. I should because I think the Sixers. Uh, there's a lot to blame, and they're not being self-critical in terms of uh, you know how they're treating. Ben and they expect Ben to take all the responsibility for what's happened. But I do think that uh, just some of the reports that are coming out. I saw this the scouting report that was on All Caps NBA, uh, which is the new NBA desktop from Jason Concepcion. Oh yeah, yep, yep. And he had taken a scouting report from like before Ben came into the league, where they're like, we question like how much he wants to win, and like he everything has to be about him on and off the court, and he he's very concerned about getting his way all the time. And just like some of that stuff is like. I'm starting to be like, man, if this is the way this guy is acting, maybe we don't need that kind of personality in our locker room. So, you know, even, it used to be more about on-court fit and stuff like that. But now I'm being like, maybe this guy would be toxic to have in our locker room and to be, uh, you know, chained to him might not be so great, especially when we have to give up so much. So I agree. I'm, I'm out on Simmons
0: absolutely all right that's mailbag. thank you everyone who sent in questions we'll have a bonus one right at the end of the end of the podcast so stay tuned for that one but uh, before that we got to get to weekly wolfies now presenting your weekly wolfies all right wolfies award time let's give them out real quick here scott um do you have a weekly wolfie for uh for the world for the for the basketball uh viewing world this week
1: yeah i'm juggling a few of them so i'm tempted to do the honorable mention stuff so i can fit in a Ooh, bunch that's you know, good like but then you that. have
0: one for next week you know just save one you know i mean it's okay keep, so keep a yeah list. i'll go
1: with what i just talked about uh it's nba all caps nba it's uh TakeLine, I believe, is the name of the channel. Um, But Jason Concepcion, if you liked NBA Desktop, you'll love all caps NBA. You might not be familiar with it. You might not be aware that he moved that there. But if you liked that content, go and get it. They had a bit on the first episode for this season called... anal or whatever it was like analysis and asmr combined and so it was <laughs> zach harper at talk hoops and jason like analyzing stuff but whispering like talking about how carmelo needs to do something and like jason's like ripping paper in the background and stuff so it's really funny so uh i would recommend that it's some of my favorite kind of nba content so check it out
0: yeah and and just to add on to that, yeah, they moved on from the ringer from last year, and I feel like they have like they've been unleashed in a different way to like do even more like weird <laughs> off the wall stuff so uh <laughs> they have more control, I think of the situation over there now um so yeah, it's definitely a fun uh fun type of show to watch. They kind of release like every week maybe or something like that every other week uh so uh yeah, go check it out on YouTube. We'll link to it in the show notes. All right, uh, my Wolfie, kind of going negative here with this one, Scott. I got a riff on uh, on uh, you know the 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 press around uh, the new NBA basketball. This year, and uh, we have some players who are complaining about it, specifically uh, Paul George, um, you know, who torched the Wolves. I think he's feeling that basketball just fine. Thank you very much. After shooting like 11 or 14 or something wild against the Wolves, just scorching on Wednesday. But the NBA, uh, for the first time in 37 years, has a new basketball this year. It's no longer um, a Spalding ball. It's a Wilson ball. And, um, you know, it's, it's the same same ball for the most part, but it does have a slightly different texture. Um, Paul George's quote was, Not to make an excuse or anything, it's just a different basketball, George told reporters following a 99-94 Clippers victory over the Thunder. Quote, It doesn't have the same touch or softness as the Spalding ball had. You'll see this year there's going to be a lot of bad misses, Unquote. Now, other players, CJ McCollum and even Malik Beasley, have said, no, 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 I'm missing shots. It's not the ball. Don't blame the ball. But I just don't like seeing guys like blame the ball here. I know they're professionals and they're used to playing with a regulation same ball their entire career. But I don't know. Aren't, uh, these guys are always also bragging about how they're ballers and how they can win in you know on any floor and any court and stuff. I was like, I don't know. Don't you don't you just pick a ball off the rack and play? Like how I I know it's like unfair to compare like what we do for pickup and what they do in the pros. But a ball's a ball. Is it the right size? Get out there and shoot it. Like I don't get it. Their thing is like the the WNBA. They also change their ball this summer and no one said a word the entire season about this no one meant no one tried to you know point to lower shooting percentages in the beginning of the season and try and say oh maybe it's the ball like no people just shut up and play because hey it's 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 still a basketball it's the same size as the one from last year so I think all this stuff is overrated I like that guys like CJ and and, uh, Malik are coming out and saying don't blame the ball but shame on you to Paul George and other people who are blaming the basketball for their poor shooting uh, maybe just make the ball go in the hoop, guys, and things will be a lot better. So shout out to the new ball, and uh, I hope we don't hear any more about this blaming the basketball
1: business. This is like the equivalent of shooting an air ball and then like wiping your hands on your jersey to imply that the jer- your hands were wet or like blowing into <laughs> them to dry them off.
0: Yeah. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it was anything but your skill. Um, All right, that's Wolfies. We did it quick, and uh, we'll wrap this thing up with the game as we always do. Scott, what are we playing this week? What's up?
1: All right, Neil. Well, I know we're running on time a little bit, so I'm just going to keep the rules short and sweet, you know, not elaborate too much. Uh, Neil, Patrick Beverly is the oldest member of the Timberwolves. Anthony Edwards is the youngest. Can you put the rest of the Uh rotation players in order from oldest to youngest? You can go youngest to you can go youngest oh to oldest, too, but since we're doing only a rotation, eleven man rotation, I gave you Pat Bev and Anthony Edwards. That means there's nine players that you need to rank in terms of
0: uh, age. Wow, so Beverly is the oldest. Yes,
1: by, by by a significant margin, by like six years. No, by like more okay, than that. I, <laughs> yeah, no, about six years. Yeah. yeah, and then who'd you say was the youngest? Ants. Uh, Edwards.
0: I, Yeah. Okay. So I think the second oldest guy is going to be uh, Torian Prince. Is is that correct? That is correct. Yeah.
1: Yes, it is. Torian
0: Prince. Uh, right up in there, um, hmm, and then I wonder who's after that. We got uh, let's see. It could be Bees, it could be Beasley, um, or it could be. I think at this point it could be Beasley or it could be D'Angelo Russell, um, or maybe it's Okogi. Yeah. Okay. So let me go Okogi
1: next. No, that isn't uh, Beasley? Uh, that is incorrect. Okay, cool.
0: So, is it Russell, then, who's third?
1: Uh, I will help you out here. Cat is, uh, so it goes Tory and Prince is second, Cat is third, D'Lo is fourth, I'll tell you that. Cat is... Okay. ...about six months, uh, older than D'Lo. Cat was born in November 1995. Dilo was born February 1996. So it's about like four months difference. Okay, so we're at four. Russell, then Beasley. Um, actually, no. It's a uh, you know a guy maybe who's the most forgotten member of this eleven-man rotation.
0: Okay, so we're at four with Russell, and
1: then um, and then Vando. Uh, no, he's not next. Who is next is Jordan McLaughlin, who was J- born in April J- 1996, Mac. making him two months younger okay, than then Duvall. Vando. Uh, no, then it's Beasley, who was born in November 1996, making him six months younger than McLaughlin. Then it's Okogi, who was born September 1st, 1998. Uh, so a big drop between Beasley and Okogi. And then Vando is a just a few months younger than Okogi. Uh, Okogi was September 98. Vando is April 1999. Leaving you with two players oh, left. and then Nas, or do we have Nas in there? Yep, no. Nas is next up. You're correct. Uh, Nas. Oh, Nas, and then McDaniels, and then. Yep, that is correct. Um, and oh, I now mean. Now we know the whole story. Yeah, I was going to give you, if we had more time, the chance to earn some points back by guessing where Lehman, Noel, and Balmaro fit in the picture, but I'll just read it off to all of our fans so you know. Uh, so Patrick Beverly is the oldest, July 1988. Jake Lehman, second oldest, with March, wow. March 94. Um, Torian Prince was also March 94 So those two, you know, same month Just a couple weeks apart Cat is November 95 Dilo February 96 J-Mac is April 96 Malik is November 96 Big Jump, Okogi is September 98 Vanderbilt is April 1999 Followed by uh, Noel Who is J- July 1999 uh, followed by Nas Reed, who is August 1999. Uh, Bull Marrow we talked about on last week's pod, Nine eleven, year 2000. Uh, Jada McDaniels is September 29th, year 2000. And then finally, Anthony Edwards, August 5th, 2001. Still
0: the youngest pup out there. There we go. That was challenging to do. What a game. Wow, that was... Uh, but now we know. Now the people know the list the the pecking order if we were in person it would have been easier cuz
1: i would have given you little visual aids so you could you know like maybe their names on note cards so you could kind of arrange them in your mind i think that yeah, would have helped a yeah, lot yeah. but we're recording over the internet today because that is something we are capable of doing so it
0: goes all right well thank you for putting together the other game that does it for wolves cast everybody thanks for tuning in hopefully the wolves play better than uh, losing three games this week. Hopefully we only lose two games this week. What about that? Let's do that. Uh, that doesn't seem like asking for much. Uh, got, uh, got that Clippers game and the tough uh, four-game road trip there. Um, but, yeah, we'll be back next week with another show. Um, you know, But we, like you said, we wanted to leave one of these uh, questions for you to ponder in your brain and maybe even share with us on uh, social media if you'd like. This is a question from Lex Druey, uh, who writes in to say, what would your all-time fantasy starting five team to remix the Wolves in the remix jerseys. Got to include Big Ticket and Aunt Shirley. So you can include any five, but the idea is to, you know, pick five from across Timberwolves history. Um, I don't know what the point is. Is this the point, like, the best five players? I I think it's probably just, like, Maybe we should say to make it more interesting, like pick five players who uh, you know maybe embody different eras of the you know of the team, like vibe wise. I I was gonna pick.
1: I was gonna pick the five players who look best in the Jets. That works too. I think Dilo. Dilo D- looks really cool whenever, whatever yeah. jersey he's wearing. So he might be in my top five. Yeah. Um, but also, let's both work on our Australian accents. So That's whenever right. we read a question from, from Lex, Lex, Lex yeah. uh, we, you know, or, or Jake or whatever, we can drop into that Australian accent. Mine is terrible. Meg has one that she likes a lot, but it's, it's better than mine. Lex is. Um, so maybe we'll bring her on there. Lex
0: is always dropping heaps of uh, questions on us. We'll just say
1: that. Yeah, there we go. I like it. Heaps, uh, heaps. So everybody, let us know. You can let us know on Twitter at Wolfscast, uh Instagram, WolfsCast pod or in the comments of Canis Hoopus. What a great website. We also post our uh, podcast there every single week uh, because that's a terrific place to be. And so check out Canis hoopus for all of their content. Listen to the other pods that they they have and, um, you know, come back next week. I would love to hear your answers to our questions or to Lex's questions. That's right. We'll see everybody next week. Goodbye.
0: Steen Stein. Yeah, well, it, well, Ty yeah. Lue. I thought it was Steen, but then Ty Lue pregame was asked about him, and he called him Steen. Or, it's Martin Stein. Yeah, he called him Steen. So I, I got, I got chipped up. It's <laughs> Martin Stein. We checked the pronunciation, but but Ty his own coach is calling Martin Stein. So I just got to think of a few Stein when I think of Isaiah.